Welcome to Uncontained, episode 180. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and I'm sorry if you missed me last week, but uh, I got a good reason. I I promise, a good reason for not having a show. I was actually getting married. That's right. I had my wedding last week, and now it's back at it with a brand new episode featuring filmmaker, cinematographer, and uh, director, Jose Zambrano Casella. Jose has been working in film for over 24 years. He's been a part of over 450 national and international television commercials, including American Express, Mac, Farmers, and we also talk about how he got his start directing film, which uh, goes back to a drunken bet, I'll tell you that much, and uh, you'll have to listen to the show to find out exactly what happened with that. He's also been known for a lot of work in horror movies, and we talk about an upcoming film which I'm looking forward to seeing. It's called Brides of Jesus. It's about two runaway nuns who uh, are accused of stealing money and who are also in a punk band. So uh, the possibilities are endless. I'm really looking forward to seeing this film. I won't keep yapping at you much longer, but please check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like, follow, and subscribe to the show. That helps. Thank you for listening. And this is how Jose Zombrano Casella lives uncontained. How are you doing today, Jose? How are you doing? Not bad. So I was trying to do a little research on you. Like, see, I saw you do have done a lot of commercials. Uh, do you tend to like lean towards horror films when you make films? No, it's kind of funny because when I started out, I mean, uh, because I was making, obviously, for a lot of people, when they start out, especially in film, horror films is kind of like the thing, right? Because yeah. it's actually the simplest thing to do. And, and, well, I'm going to say simplest. It's more like most fun thing to do, you know, <laughs> in, uh, in my opinion. But no, we've done everything. I mean, I, I've done drama. I've done all the kinds of things, all, all kinds of stuff. In fact, I've been, the struggle has been like trying to, the last time I made actual horror film was like 10 years ago. Okay. So for the it's for the last uh, I mean on my own I've shot out horror films to other people uh, recently, but it's a it's a, of my own my own. I've been trying to like because we're trying, we're developing projects right now, and uh, I'm trying to steer away from horror, you know. Okay. But uh, it's uh, but at the same time it's fun. I mean uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to do horror film, you know. It's like because we know we're not gonna win an Oscar. We're not gonna we're not gonna. It's just not gonna be like a, a like a, a festival, darling, or anything like that. Because festivals like have like bias against horror films, but it's just gonna be fun. Yeah, and you can always do the horror film festivals. There's plenty of those yeah. out there as well. Oh okay. yeah. I guess we can just continue rolling on as we yeah, want. Let's do so, it. speaking with uh, Jose Zambrano Casella, is that how you say your last name? Yeah, yeah, we have uh, long names. I was like, I'm Latino Italian, so it's kind of like. Oh, a, okay. So you got the yeah. So it's a long name anyway. So you got you got both influences. Uh, both languages are very from yeah. very similar. I've been trying to learn yeah. a little Italian actually I, lately. Yeah. So I mean, so I'm a filmmaker. I'm Italian, I'm Latino, so I'm definitely a dramatic, very dramatic, you know, artist. I guess. <laughs> you complain all the time, all that stuff. You know. There you go. There you go. So so. Did, what, is it safe to say you got your start doing horror films? 
Yes, uh, I, I started out mainly in commercials and stuff like that because in the beginning I was trying to get into cinematography. I was trying to get into. I wanted to be that dude that shoots and lights the scene because I figured that's really the person who's making it happen. Really. Yeah, and it, as I discovered a lot. No offense, a lot of directors out there, but. <laughs> We're saving your butt all the time. And it's like, and I wanted to control the language and I wanted to have all this, you know, high ideals and stuff like that. But yeah, I wanted to, I want to know how to light. I want to know how to shoot. I want to know how to, the mechanics. So when it comes time for me to direct, I don't have to depend on anybody. So uh, I grew up like admiring people like John Carpenter or like people like, uh, uh, I mean, there's so many, David Lynch, people like that, David Cronenberg. So it's like, I, I noticed a lot of these people do, did things on their own. So I wanted to do it on my own. So I started in commercials. When I first got an opportunity to make a film on my own, some years later, when I would direct it for the first time, it was a horror film. It just seemed natural yeah. to do horror film. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, like it, horror films are an interesting beast in itself, you know, uh, growing up, I wasn't too into horror films because at first I was like, these don't really scare me. Then it took seeing uh, the movie Army of Darkness to help me understand what like, you know, horror f- films are to be amusing and give you a little bit of a jump scare as well. I love, I love, I love Army of Darkness. I remember exactly the day, uh, I'm a little older, I remember exactly when it came out and everything else. And I just love the fact that Sam Raimi just kind of went like, okay, if we're going to make, <laughs> if we're going to make a sequel, we're just, we're just going to blow, I mean, it's just, it was so blown out of proportion yeah uh, compared to the first two films so no yeah Sam Raimi is another one that that had a good understanding of how to make a film you can leave that man alone without his DP without and he'll still shoot the film yeah he'll still and that's why I got into cinematography and and then eventually directing very cool man so you mentioned that you're trying to stay away from or steer away from uh horror now correct yeah well i have to record, correct a little bit of that we we do have a series of projects There's one right now that my partner and i are, are putting together is getting a lot of traction but among the the slate of projects you know that we have obviously there's always going to be a horror a horror one and of course deep inside i'm always thinking why don't we make the horror one first? <laughs> what I call what I call the little one, the smaller one, and then we'll make the big one. Okay. Because the one way because the one we're developing right now, it should be, God forbid, God no, God willing, actually, sorry, uh, uh, or both. Uh, it's a uh, it's shooting uh, next year, and it's getting a lot of traction. It's a thriller, Trejo, Don Long Rim, like cop, you know low-budget movie or like or, or, or it, it, the question is a lot of people are so like enamored with like oh it's gotta make a movie gotta make a movie gotta make a movie it's like dude yes but do you even know what you're making is this something that you want to do you know so my biggest recommendation to people honestly especially in the business that i'm in man is it's very simple i mean it comes to this stuff and i hate to do this because it used to be the guy that used to say oh you got a movie is it about a pickle that flies let's go Let's go. It's, 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 let's just go. Let's go. The whole thing is like, it doesn't matter. Let's make movies. My attitude now is a little different because you are most of the time spending somebody else's money or, or doing a huge sacrifice that's going to affect your family. Uh, and it, so sometimes it's the ego. You get blinded by that shit. And so it's kind of like you have to ask yourself, does this need to be made? Or the other one, that it, First of all, it just needs to be made. This cop movie or this drama, you know, doesn't yeah. need to be made. Okay, and if you feel that it needs to be made, okay, because everything has been made. So you it, then they understand it's like this is the way you present it. Are you prepared? Have you done your homework, or just or you're just a guy who just watches a little bit on Netflix and that's it? 
Have you done your homework as a director or as a DP or as whatever? Have you done? Do you have the right influences? You know, do you know? I mean, because I, I always say, if you only watch your shows on Netflix, boom, boom, because they only, they're basically just throwing at you what they want you to see. And fuck great cinema and fuck like all this great stuff that came before because they, they, they can't afford to license it. So it's kind of like you're stuck with basically this stuff that is a huge sea of sameness. So it's like, and it's okay. I always say like, if you're going to make something, one of the best things you can do is, you know, prepare yourself. It's almost like exercise. You can, I always say, like, when it comes to movies, you can have chicken nuggets all the time, every, every, the entire month. But every once in a while, watch a freaking steak. Have a steak. <laughs> I like that. You know? And it's like, I'm not saying you have to, uh, yeah, I'm not saying, like, you have to fucking watch uh, Citizen Kane. But I'm like, there's so much beautiful amazingness from a time where cinema had balls in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, I mean, that, that nobody watches anymore. So therefore, you have directors and people right now that basically are all just watching shows and binging on shows, which is great. I, I watch shows too. But it's like, that's all they watch. So I, I dare people. I literally can put right now, let's say, imagine we had here in the desk 20 shows, okay? 20. Just random 20 shows from whatever, uh, Netflix, Amazon, whatever. And we'll put them in. And I'll just click, click play on every one of them, you know? Well, when I, imagine I have a bunch of buttons here. So I press the next one. Yeah. First one, sorry. Do you know who directed this? But just watching a few seconds or watching a few minutes. I'll leave you. Better watch for a minute. Do you know who made this? Who shot this? You don't know. Because it looks exactly like the next one. And it looks exactly like the next one. And then this one looks exactly like the next one. You know? And it's like, you know, we have these beautiful dolly shots and master shots and all. And it looks good. No, it looks television Netflix, good. You've lost your way. You don't understand what a real widescreen frame in true cinema looks yeah. like. So you need to go back and look at that. So that I, I always tell people, if you, again, going back to that question, if you're going to I make a movie or if you're going to make a song, whatever it is, does it need to be made? And are you prepared to make it? You know, yeah. uh, that's you, you have the influences. So, I mean, it's a long story. Sorry if I get off on it because it's I see every week. Every week I see films that I know from friends, from people I know, that I know before they're made, they're doomed. And that's literally like about 90% of it. I hate to say it. I mean, I, I, even I've, I've made that mistake. So it's kind of like, yeah. because what ha- here's, here's, here's the typical thing that happens. I'm going to make my movie. Then I'm a cheap bastard or, I, or I'm too lazy to raise a lot of money. So I go ahead and just hire whoever has a camera. It doesn't matter if he sucks ass. It's just like basically... He's got a camera, so let's go. That's all the qualification You're, he it's needs. Not, it's, it's over. <laughs> it's finished, my friend. So it's a, and then a poor bastard about the investor who doesn't know research. He thinks these guys can make a movie, and then you can multiply that by a by a million every year. And yeah, I got a question for you, Jose. Sorry, uh, going about the uh, does it need to be made aspect, uh, yeah. and how you didn't used to be, have that view. Do you think it changes no. as like you become more established, like yourself, twenty five years in, well, opposed to being great starting out just making something? Yeah, great question. Good question. I do believe one thing though. When I mean like, does it need to be made? I mean, when you already have a dealing with somebody else's money, I treat that very, very sacred because it's not your money. You're not taking the risk. If he gave you $300,000, he's the one, okay, that gave you money for your glory. 
Okay, so the thing about it is if you're starting out, dude, shoot as much as you can. Grab that iPhone, grab that any camera. Right now, man, when I started out a thousand twelve hundred years ago, it's like there was only like sixty millimeter cameras. Yeah, I've always been, you know, like uh, uh, into the stuff. I mean, I, I used to uh, I used to work with a lot of independent filmmakers when I studied out, like Robert Rodriguez, people like that. I, I was part of that school. Yeah, and it's kind of like I am extremely passionate when it comes to that. If you're starting out, go and shoot. But that's what I mean. There's two things, man. If you're starting out, shoot, shoot, shoot until you can't shoot no more. Keep shooting no matter what. There's no excuse. Go out there and shoot and make something. Okay? And please, you know, watch great films. Start figuring out how different directors work. It's almost like we have a generation right now of people that want to play guitar like Eddie Van Halen or freaking like, uh, I don't know, like... uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix, but only listen is like to Maroon 5. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like, it's just like, you have to listen to Hendrix. You have to listen to Jeff Beck, you know? So it's kind of like, go back. Yeah. You know? And listen to the people they listen to to get to where they are, too. Exactly. So have, have, expand the horizon. So if you, they definitely shoot, 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 ask questions later. And the second one is like, influences. And my friends, you don't need film school. I'm a firm believer. You don't need that shit. You basically go. Your influences are already within you, and you can build them. Now, film school is great in the sense, like, if you want to have a degree, you want to please your parents, a whole thing, and, and to get a little structure. But it, it's not going to get you work. It's basically filmmaking is a job that's from, from the beginning of time. It was learned by watching others. It was skills passing from one person to the next. Yeah. So you can go, and it's tons of tutorials on YouTube. Well, 80% of them I count tutorials done by people I shouldn't be making tutorials, but I mean, but it's a good 20% of tutorials are actually good. <laughs> and, uh, and, and just learn, learn, learn. But when the time comes, when that magical moment comes, and it will come if you're passionate, that you have to make the first, well, you know what? Let's not even qualify the first movie because the first movie, you like, oh my God, it's my first official movie. It's like, it's the funding and it's just great. Uh, that one, yeah, you can do whatever. But I would say, like, once you're a little more, st- once you get to a point in which now you're spending some uh, semi decent money and, and you're, or you're in a position, I actually made that, made, meant that comment for people that are in an enviable position to make films, you know? They are established, they can't pay their rent, they have the nice house and everything else, and they still choose to make crap. And it's just kind of like, uh, we're trying to get independent cinema back. And uh, I think there's a few sporadic spots here and there which you can see how independent cinema can make money in the theaters and, and, and can come back. Uh, so it's up to you guys. So go and shoot, shoot, get yourself, make yourself better and get some great influences and just, just tell great stories. We, we need, we need more filmmakers, more American film, more, you know, like more of that, you know, when, when I started out, man, it was Robert Rodriguez, Steven Soderbergh, Quentin Tarantino, all these people, Christopher Nolan, they all literally at the same time as me, we're all, it was a group of magic. It was just, it was exactly what happened in the 70s. And I was just kind of like, wow, this is incredible. So I'm waiting for a new wave to come in, you know. Just like I hope Rock comes back to the radio. <laughs> is there anybody in the horizon that you're watching now that you think might uh, be on the verge of coming you know, out You know, the beautiful new? thing is, is, man, it's just, just a ton of people. There's so much talent out there, man. It's just uh, you, you're not going to change the studio system. The studio system wants to play safe. 
They, they could have yeah. on one side, they can have a brilliant new American classic that could only cost you maybe two, three million dollars to make. And it's just a new classic. And on the other side, they'll have a, a new Spider-Man movie that costs you three hundred million dollars. So they'll go with the Spider-Man movie. The studio situation to me is over. It's finished. But we can right now. There's a different thing going on that gets me really excited, man. You can make your film. You have the tools to make your film look amazing. Yeah. Okay. That's the one thing which I didn't have. You can put your film out there without a middleman sometimes. Because sometimes in order to get distribution back in the day, you have to go through a middleman that will screw you. I mean, I was in distribution companies that will call my distributors knowing pretty well they were never going to make me pay me any money. And I will either tell them, can you send me, you know, like a dollar? Just, just send me a dollar. Just, just tell me one dollar. <laughs> and that way we can just, because it, it was so bad back then. So you're going to make less money. It's not like back in the record, the, the recording industry back in the day, artists were making a lot more money. I mean, the ones that were signed. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing now. Artists make less money. But you know what? But they get, the, the tools are different. Same thing with filmmakers. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, it's just, it's different. I'm going to say, to answer your question, filmmakers right now, man, I can even pinpoint right now, there's at least 50 to 60 people, also women, directors, but I love the fact to see more women. Yeah. Which is incredible. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, and I hope to see even more. And uh, there's so much in front of our eyes. It's it's interesting what the theatrical experience is going to be, the new ways of, of distributing there's too much content so i think filmmakers nowadays they kind of need to go back and to really create a style for themselves so they can differentiate yeah it's like you have to find a way to make yourself unique and uh when you watch a kubrick film you know it's kubrick when you watch a spielberg film you know it's spielberg when you watch it and so on and so on and so on it goes on so you know so what i'm not saying you if you don't have a particular style, don't don't do it. I'm saying like, whether it's visual, whether it's through writing, whether it's through something, but you have to make your product stand out because obviously it's a lot of people. Um, the one thing in common I can tell you right now with the exception of one person is like most of us all making content. A lot of these people are not making any money. <laughs> this is not a, this is not a money making career, <laughs> but so, but it, we do it because it's in our blood, I guess. It's like, it's a, it's a, I can imagine doing anything else. I mean, it's like, it's uh and I just recently lost a big film I was going to shoot in October and this October, big, big film that was shooting in, in Roswell and they, they pushed the date. They, they pushed it to next year. I'm like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> it's like the life, the life <laughs> of a, free, a freelancer, you know? So, eh. Got to shoot another horror film. <laughs> yeah. I actually want to shout out like a past guest on the show here to, for like coming up with new ways uh, or different yeah. ways to tell a story. You know, you're used to like the like the van, count yeah. or the Dracula yeah. vampire story, like yeah. the European vampire. Well, I have past guest yeah. uh, Matthew Abaya, who uh, is, oh, cool. is Filipino American. And he like tells oh, the story cool. of the Aswang, which is a Filipino vampire. And that's uh, cool. That, uh, yeah, it's uh, his movie's that's called cool. Vampiria, cool. and uh, they they split at the waist and fly away. That's cool, and like have like super long tongues that shoot out and like take your insides. Oh man, let's see that. I'll see that. That's awesome. You see that? that that's a nice, that's a, for at least American audiences. Yeah, 
I mean, that's a new take. Well, yeah, let's, if you're going to make a vampire movie, they definitely make it a Filipino vampire. Let's do, let's go with that. Yeah, or explore some other lores, you know? It's like. Yeah. Oh, but, and by, which, by the way, I, I know it's, it's unrelated, but Philippines, I was there, I shot there some years ago in Cebu, and it's like, oh my God. I mean, what beautiful people, beautiful country. And, and it's just like, at least that island, I wasn't in Manila, but it's like, uh, I was like, I was this close. I was like literally like an inch was saying like, how about if I just say the hell with everything and you can't stay here? I just stay here. Because it was this beautiful island. <laughs> beautiful women, beautiful beautiful, beautiful people. But it's like, uh, uh, yeah, wonderful locations uh, for anybody that has the means to shoot uh, in that area of the world. It's like, it's incredible, very affordable, incredible, incredible locations. I mean, I mean hardworking people. Anyway, but yeah. yeah. Yay for Filipino vampires. Let's do that. Yeah, dude, it was really cool. I suggest you check it out. What was the name of it? It's Vampiraya. Vampiraya. Let me write this on this also. Vampiraya. And it, it's on like uh, Amazon Prime and stuff like that. So you can check it out there. Excellent. See, that, that's a cool thing about Amazon. It's incredible. Now everybody, my grandmother can put like something on Amazon, which is great. I know. Back then, dude, I had to go to a distribution company, quote unquote distribution company. And they, all these yeah. people did was grab your project. And then ship it or mail it to this other, to those people. And, and, I'm gonna, and, I'm, and they will take literally like 70, 80%. I mean, it was, it's crazy. It's still, there's some of that still going on. Yeah, but that's the crazy part is like you yeah. couldn't get stuff out without yeah. a distributor See, connecting I'm, you to the stuff. You couldn't yeah, mail it exactly. out yourself. The only difference now, you still get screwed, but it's like the uh, Amazon and Netflix, I mean, <laughs> they pay you. Like, it, it's like their mission is not to give you anything. Okay, so it's, it's the same thing. But, you know, if anything, at least my product is out there. You know what? I, in me, myself, yeah. I uploaded it. I send it. It's there. The middleman can go to hell. That's great. And it's, I love that brand new world. I love it. So it's great. Yes, you got to love the love and hate oh, yeah. the technology at the same time because, you know, it is awesome. Yeah. Everybody can get something out there. But, you know, it's also yeah. you have to look through all the you have to be patient and look through all the yeah, stuff to a, get to what you want or your project could get lost in a lot of other stuff, too. But it's a, yeah, I see I see I see a lot of people that talk about oh, we're going to be in Netflix or we're gonna be in Amazon. And I always say to people, if you're going to make something, uh, it, just be very mindful, if you can, of like building some kind of hype before the project is done while the project is shooting just build that social media it's not that hard dudes i mean it's like if not pay a few you can get a teenager to, to help you with that and they'll know that stuff just build it so by the time <laughs> your project is done this will kind of presence because just remember this amazon netflix and people people don't understand you can have your shit in there you can have your stuff there but if nobody knows it exists it's going to be a long time before you get your money back. So build the thing. Build that beast. Man. Yeah. Uh, I learned that's the biggest revelation for me, learning uh, how that, you know, how important the social media aspect is. You know, so. Now, I don't necessarily know how, like, getting something posted on Amazon works. Do you have to pay them to post it for you, and then you make your money back as uh, as it comes? Or this, I haven't, I haven't put anything on Amazon. I just know about people that have done it, and I keep seeing, I keep seeing people with their projects, and I still haven't had. I mean, I've had movies of mine being distributed on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever on Amazon, Amazon, right? But it's all the the this other the streaming part of it. I haven't really done that, but I mean, I, this I'm sure it's various ways. You can either do it yourself or you, you can do it through them. 
uh, I'm sure there's various ways. I mean, I haven't really gone into it. it to me, it's when it, it's streaming is a is a. If I was going to make a project in my situation, I haven't dealt with that yet. I, I, uh, right now, we're just actually dealing with pre-sales, which is mainly just kind of like seeing more like outside of the country. Uh, that's where a lot of the real money. Uh, I, basically, my idea is just like always try to make, if I can, if it's possible, to make the majority of the, uh, the, the impact of profits before we go into some Amazon or Netflix or something like that. Because once you're there, you're just a thumbnail. Yeah. That's going to be like lost on a sea of thumbnails, okay? So it's... Uh, so at what stage do you start the pre-sales? Like, do you have the movie shot no, already no, no, no. or are I mean, you in it, the it, shooting? It varies a lot. I mean, every project is different. This particular one that we are doing called Brides of Jesus, I mean, it, the key thing, it, it's a tough one because the two leads, I want them to be unknown. So, but we want to surround them with a bunch of people that, are, that move the needle. Right now, uh, the idea is just to attach okay. people that you know. I mean, ideally, it should be based on just... It's got to be the right one, the right person, and that person is talented, and it's the right person for the part. But then you have you check with your distributors or with people that know about pre-sales or people that that, that can tell you data, like, is this person going to be somebody that is going to help my film get pre-sales in India and in these other places? Does this yeah. person move the needle, which is sad? So many great artists, because they don't have enough Twitter followers... You know, it's like, it's like, uh, they, they, and I'm like, so you have a, a three time Oscar winner, two time Oscar winner that only has what, like 6,000 Twitter followers, but it's some dumbass with like, you know, like 80,000 followers is like, it's better. You know, <laughs> so it's a lot of those things that you have to kind of figure out. But the idea is basically to gather, attach people in the early stages, build the whole thing, the package, and then with that, see if you can get, outside money, money that comes from these distributors outside and do your pre distribution before you shoot, not well after you shoot. Because a lot of people obviously not understand how it is. Uh, do it afterwards and then you don't want to end up with a film shot and then going like, oh, let's go and sell it now. It's, it's, it's your, your loss. Now, if you're doing something small, obviously, this is for like something a lot of slightly when there's more money on the line. When it, That's why sometimes it's like yeah. I prefer... Sometimes I just feel like let's just make one of those little twenty thousand dollars ones, those little little things, and just like just go out there because there's no risk, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, pre-sales is the is one of the best ways, and and it's just a it's a bitch, man, because it's kind of like trying to find the right talent, the people that are, that are gonna move the needle, you know. So it's uh that's actually what happened with the the film that I just lost right now, which is that I was gonna shoot. So are they recasting, or is that what's going on? Or they most likely, I think most likely it's gonna be like that. It's a shame because the the person in question is the right person for the role. So it's a, it's a businessman. So now, of course, if you're doing like a private investor, I mean, I mean, actually, to me, it's just like, as you get a little more established, the problem is you, that is somebody, it doesn't happen often. I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, people are giving me money. <laughs> it's, it takes years to get one project going. So, but when it, that does happen and it has happened in the past, I, I have on my shoulders, I have the, in, there's no pressure, nothing like that. But it's like, I do have the responsibility now. Now this is for real. It's no, it's no games anymore. Now if somebody gives me a million five or two million dollars or whatever it is, or three hundred thousand dollars, now it's on. Now we have to return this money. Yeah. And the earliest you can do it, the better. And uh, so you find ways to get pre-sales so you can start. It's just to return part of the investment. Like I got twenty thousand from here. You'd be surprised how hard 
it is to recoup even like 200, 300, like eight or nine out of 10 films that don't make any money. So it's, it's, it's a business that is incredibly, it's incredible because it's a wonderful dream machine, but very, very, very small, minute, macro part of the business actually makes money. But we keep making them. Yeah. We, we keep making them. I know, I know producers that had like eight films in a row that none of them made money. None of them. And he keeps finding money to make more. And it's just kind of like, that's, that's the, it's incredible. Some people are lucky like that. And, so is it like playing the yes. lottery uh, yes. in a way? Like it, you, you, try, you, try, you try to minimize the risk. And a lot of people use BS investors. Oh, we're going to get you your money back. No, you're not. Okay. So it's like, it's the thing is you have to minimize it. Okay. With trying to attach, I mean, it's easier said than done, but trying to attach talent that might get you some pre-sales and things like that. Try to be wise with your budget. Uh, try to get product placement. Try to, you, uh, or try to, you know, you try to maximize the return, you know, as best you can on paper. And minimize the risks. So we're all freaking insane. But I love <laughs> that that we are the insane ones. I mean, it's the because we might all of us might be collectively insane. But it's like uh, I love the fact that we have these dream makers. Uh, I love the fact that you know my film has the greatest possibility of not ever returning the investment, or like this might kill me. You know. But I love the fact that we keep making them. It's just, uh, yeah. It literally, honestly, it's like making a, an album nowadays. It literally is. It feels like I just experienced that when I released a third album of music, and I was kind of like, obviously, I'm not expecting to go platinum. I mean, but then again, who goes platinum anymore? But it's like, yeah. Uh, but it's just kind of like, uh, it's like that. You put it, your heart and soul into something, and you put it out there, and you try to push it as best you can. And there's a really good chance they're gonna get the song for free. And yep. and you're not you're gonna make maybe I mean what is it Spotify plays with like zero point zero 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 you know and so uh it's yeah I think I had like about a hundred thousand streams or something like that it was just amazing and I think I have enough to buy myself a coffee in seven eleven you know so it's like yeah so at least I got a oh, nice, hundred thousand nice. people moving Thank on you. up that coffee was great next year Starbucks yeah. next year Starbucks like are people stopping making music? No. We keep on going. We find ways to survive. What style of music are you making? Always been rock music and stuff like that. I've always been uh, into that stuff. But I'm a, I've been a drummer and keyboardist for a long time. So I just figure, and I got afflicted by a case of tinnitus, which is the ringing in the ears. It was really bad at one point, but now it's a little okay. better. And uh, because of all those years, you're like just banging on the drums and stuff like that. And, uh, it's uh, indefinitely people careful with your ears. Uh, anyway, so the uh, I started getting into you know because like now you can make music at home. This is about ten years ago, so I started making a lot of instrumental music, electronic music, and uh, of all types, you know, very rhythmic and percussive. And I put it out there. It was kind of like I just started, and people saying, "Hey, you should put back then yeah. when people were still making buying an album or buying a song." Uh, and it's like I just put this, these two things out as a section and they actually did kind of okay. They, they I, I mean, I, I returned my investment because I made CDs back then and I'm making an album now. I got to make an album. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, <laughs> it, uh, so I made this way. I started making, uh, as the year progressed this past year and part of this year progressed, I was making a lot of, a lot of the projects I was editing because I edit a lot. Uh, a lot of clients 
we, we need like some background music and they were, oh, and they were going to hire some musician. I'll be like, I can make a loop here. I can make this. So I started building songs and suddenly I realized that I had a really cool set of songs, rock, pop, ambient, electronic ish. It's, it's, it's Best way to describe music is piñatas. It's a salad, a big salad of everything. And, uh, and so it ended up, and I okay. decided to, I, I had enough trucks and I was kind of like, well, why not? What the hell? Why not? I mean, let's just at least release it, but just as a way to like this, this, it's in this little bag. Okay. This is the album. And I put it out there and it's great. And it's got a lot of, uh, plays, which is great. And, uh, and I said, I mean, I know I'll never see a dime, but it's like, I just do it because it's, it's cool. It's, uh, uh, I, I tell you what, my goal was basically to have, to make enough money so I can release it now on vinyl. <laughs> Just so I can see it on vinyl. Because I actually had a vinyl, <laughs> one of the key requirements for me in my desk is like, uh, I stream music all the time, so it's fine. I'm not a purist. But vinyl does have a okay. sound. So I'll do like, uh, I have my turntable, a nice one, next to me. So if I'm writing or working or whatever, yeah. it's late at night, you know, you have a little drink over here, whatever. I love to see something spinning and uh, there and just playing and it's nice. And so yeah. I, my goal with my record was basically to make enough money so I can release it on red vinyl or some shit like that. <laughs> Fair so, enough, man. It's good to have goals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's like, so, which I did. So I still, uh, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but yeah. Yeah. The music aspect is great, but another thing that has helped a lot is because music and because of editing, it does help the, the filmmaking part of it. I mean, it helps you be a better editor. It helps you, but, the rhythms of a scene and things like that. So it's all good, man. Uh, I'm happy to be able to do that, you know? All right, cool, man. Now, I know you've already yeah. given a lot of advice for listeners and people trying to get it, but do you have any, uh, like, any advice that either you want to reiterate no. or something that you haven't yeah. mentioned I that you want to share think, with the uncontained audience? I think the young, young people coming in here in, in this business are way, way smarter, and, 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 and they have a lot better tools. Guys, you, you don't even know the tools you guys now have. I just, you guys are so lucky, all of you. I mean, because... I mean, back then it was hard, man, because if you want to make anything, going get a VHS camera or like, or we shoot on film, it was hard, man. Uh, but, uh, but I say my best advice would be like, just keep on going. People are going to tell you life is going to obviously show you that it's really hard. Just keep on going. If you, if you want to make yeah. films, but, it, but be real, don't, don't bullshit yourself. If you're going to, if you want to be a filmmaker, then just study it. Everybody wants everything so quick and easy. You know, it's like, just study it. I mean, like, like, you're supposed to watch key films. You're supposed to go out there and study the filmmakers. Have a set of influences. Basically, ask yourself, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? I mean, what makes me different from the other schmuck? And so it's like, you know, so the same thing if you're a writer or director. Just uh, The important thing, I guess, is, you know, I guess Harrison Ford said the best. I'm paraphrasing this. Like, the great Harrison Ford is like, he basically is like, you know, the secret okay. to success is basically uh, is a, uh, outlasting, you know, basically the people that came with you in the bus. You know what I'm saying? It's like it something like that. He actually, yeah, he, he made it <laughs> around 35, 37 years of age. It's, you have to, it, it's going to be heartbreaking, dude. It's going to be a lot of times a shit show. It's going to be a lot more pain and heartache and everything else. But you have to commit. This can be a hobby. This is not a hobby this is a you have to come in heart and soul and i know that people that get into this are very passionate already so i don't need to say that but just yeah influences guys Influ i keep saying this shit i can't tell you how many times i've been with a director that has not 
fucking clue how to block a scene. So really take it seriously. Like we study it, watch everything and learn it and then shoot, 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 shoot. Whatever it takes, it doesn't matter what camera, just go out there and just experiment and make mistakes. Uh, just keep going, man. Uh, it's a hard career. Just just keep going and that's it. Awesome, man. For the people who don't know where necessarily where to start as far as influences, do you have any suggestions for people that might have helped shape your uh, style? First of all, you can just basically get, get a list of like uh, online or like influence, influencing directors. Like, for example, you get like a, in a list, you have people like David Lynch or like David Lean or people like that, the Fellinis, the Hitchcocks and stuff like that. And just, just kind of show, look for like their key films. The point here is not like I'm going to make you watch Psycho by Hitchcock. And then I'm going to make you watch uh, Jaws by Spielberg and, or something like that. And then, but this, well, yeah. go, that's, that's two, that's, that's two different types of styles. So Jaws, we've seen Jaws, right? Everybody's seen Jaws. We know about the shark. We know it. But now I want you to see Jaws differently. I want you to see it as in like, this guy, this shark kept breaking down in reality. So he had very little time. The, the, the shark, I think, has about eight, you know, like only a few minutes of screen time. What did he do to create suspense? How was the scene blocked? How do people come in? How is the whole story arc developed? How does Spielberg like to do his thing? Then you compare it to another director. Hitchcock, why does he do his thing? Then you compare it to another director. Fellini does it like that. Uh, and there's so many incredible stuff like Brian De Palma, like your know, Carpenter, David Cronenberg, all these people. Watch that stuff. And the reason I didn't say like this... Uh, it's like a, it's always some top 100 best films of all time kind of list or whatever. You can start with those, right? But usually those don't cover everything, right? But that's a start. Uh, and uh, you yeah. don't have to like Fellini, man. You don't have to like Kurosawa. You don't have to like, but if you watch it, now you know. Okay, that's what he does. That his shtick is this. That, that thing he's doing all the time, that's his shtick. Great. It saves your ass, dude. I bet on shoots. Okay, and which the director literally wants to shoot things Terry Gilliam style. And I'm going like, and I know I've seen how Terry Gilliam shoots, which is wide lenses, a lot of wide lenses. So it's kind of like, ah, yeah. that's, I might not be into Terry Gilliam, but I know how Terry Gilliam shoots and blocks a scene. Now I know. Because if all I have is Netflix and Netflix yeah. and binging and binging on more fucking shows, you are going to lose. So you need to have an arsenal of stuff. So yes, influences, please. You know what? I know it's hard because you have to maybe buy a Blu-ray. Oh my show shit. Or maybe you have to download. It's kind of hard. It's not easy because all the great shit is not on Netflix. It's out there. So you have to go get it. You know, so I know it's hard. You know, like for example, it's a beautiful horror film that just came out, uh, a re-release from 1980s called The Challenging. Changeling, I mean, I forget that's like with Josh C. Scott. Okay. It's fucking great slow burn of a horror film. Just great. I mean, like back when they were making really great horror films. Now, how do you get it? You have to pay like 20 something dollars. So that's just, it's a little bit unfortunate. You know, yeah, just just find a way. I mean, like, uh, God, I mean, there's so many things, man. I, I, so, I mean, it, it's available out there. You have to look for it. But it's like, I can't stress enough. Everybody talks about gear. We are not in an industry right now like, that thinks that gear is everything. So it's kind of like, it's not the gear, because if you suck, yeah. you're going to suck in 4K. You know what I'm saying? You're going to suck really bad. So it's like you have to have something. <laughs> it, it's an army of DPs and directors that are making shit that looks exactly the same. It's almost like they're trying to replicate all these expensive shows, but with, like, 
pesos with peanuts and you you're gonna suck you know or if not worst of all to me worse than sucking is basically like just looking like anything else yeah yeah i mean that i kill me then at that point it's kind of like if i'm gonna make something that looks exactly like that guy and that other guy and another guy sometimes you have to do it it's the way it is but it's like if it's gonna be like that then fuck it man i mean i'm, I'm just just pay me my check and that's it or the other aspect of it where they're remaking everything. This remaking, the reason for remakes, obviously, is because you want to invest, obviously, in something that has a built-in audience, yeah. right? So it's, it's less risky. But also because we, the audience, are so fucking lazy about it. They think that everything that was more than five years old, ten years old, is old. That shit looks amazing if you watch it. If you grab one of those Criterion Blu-rays or whatever, if you, grab, if you shine a light through a negative, if they actually remaster it and give it to you again, it looks in incredible and it looks as good as some of your latest alexa cameras yeah. and things like that or even better so it's like it's like that's because they know that we a lot of the young people don't want to go and see old stuff we're going to repackage it make it suck ass and then give it to you again <laughs> you know because they usually give it to some young director that has no fucking clue what that film meant when it came out yeah because that filmmaker is just maybe one of those music video directors that basically that, that's code for like I just make images and stuff like that and whatever, but I have no fucking idea how to block a scene. So I just basically put it out there and, and I, I can't believe it. I mean, there's only been only like maybe I would say two or three remakes uh, this last few years that I can say like, uh, yeah, I can say that kind of worth it. I mean, this it, Jacob's Ladder, which is a fantastic film. Had a suck ass remake. I mean, Flatliners, which is a great film, another suck remake. I mean, uh, Fright Night sucked. I mean, all these other films uh, uh, that I'm going like that. Whatever made these horror films, it's it kind of work work just gets lost. The new that last Poltergeist. I mean, going like yeah. I literally had, I literally got drunk that night after watching that. It's like because <laughs> I, I, the pain was so big. There's a few exceptions here and there, but it's like it is remakes are always going to be there. I hear that, man. I hear that. So let's switch modes just a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, like, what are you currently doing, like social media or otherwise, to promote yourself, get your name out there, and let people know <laughs> about your about your films that are coming up? Right now, uh, well, the 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 project that is in the works right now. I mean, the script has been finalized, and this music that needs to be written that's been written and recorded. I mean professional musicians and stuff like that. I mean, because it's, it's a film that combines comic book, action adventure, live action, obviously, and then uh, music. It's a, uh, it, it, this has been slightly done before in films like Hegwig and the Angry Inch, okay. or like Streets of Fire and things like that. It's like all those films combined with a badass road action movie. And it's just a big piñata. And that's what I like about it because nothing really looks like it. But it requires several stages the comic book aspect the animation the create the oh, and and just creating the, the whole building the whole concept that's in the project called brides of jesus and that's the current project that's happening right now a uh, page will be available uh, i think sometime in a, in a week in the next week or so but it's we've been work has been done in a studio for the music and uh so that's been pretty much what that in my personal projects uh, i've been preoccupied with the rest, obviously, of this stuff has been like the usual things that freelancers do, which you go and shoot for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and uh, promoting it, I mean, you tr every once in a while on Facebook, we've been putting, uh, uh, you know, maybe some of the clips of the demo, the songs, you know, song demos. Uh, but we've been kind of like, I've been kind of very, 
unless it's ready and fully formed that I want to start putting things out there. Uh, but it's, com- it's coming. I'm hoping in the next few weeks it's coming up. But uh, right now, basically, that's, that's the goal. This, the, there's uh, two films. One of them is called Brides of Jesus. And the other film is called Alone, okay. which is like a horror the film. Horror film, they... uh, it, and it's a small, it's small one because it's contained, and that's a very David Cronenberg type kind of film, okay. uh, and which I really, really like. Uh, and in uh, that, all the information on those things should be coming in by hopefully by the end of next week or the following. And uh, it's, I'm going to be putting it out there. Sounds I, I, good. For a while, I was kind of like a, a little isolated in the promotion now i do promote myself in terms of, like i put my reel out there and stuff like that just to continue get the machine yeah keep, have the machine keep going you know uh so but that's pretty much what's going on and i'm promoting the album too obviously it's been already kind of like a year but it's like every once in a while through facebook i put a lot of clips and or sorry a lot of uh links to the album and stuff like that just you know just to keep it there in case anybody wants yeah it. of course and uh so it's just you know it's it's a constant state of promotion. Now, I'm not too, going too crazy with it, but it's basically me, my demo reel to get work, uh, the film to get some traction on the film, and then you have the music to get some traction on the music. So Fair enough. You try to push a little bit of everything, you know. I'm looking so. forward to uh, seeing uh, Brides of Jesus. Uh, As a Jesus. Runaway Nuns, and that, they're in a punk band, you said, correct? Uh, yeah, they're in a punk band. The punk band is uh, called the Brides of Jesus. It's as crazy as it sounds, but it's a, I, I, I was, there's some great, we wrote the, the original screenplays, but we had some also amazing writers that came in and suddenly the thing grew into like, it's just something that was fun at the beginning and suddenly it grew into like, damn, this is a really good film. <laughs> so it's kind of like, uh, shit, this is going to be so complicated to make. Yeah. Because this, I thought it was going to be some $100,000 film. No, dude, this is like, this is different. And we plan to get a lot of, cameos from a lot of people already a lot of people are interested i can't name them but it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of people from the rock punk and rap and all kinds of music uh, famous people that are just gonna be parading there's gonna be little cameos here and there but obviously you have the real cast and a real storyline yeah. but there's a few moments where you can fit in like a few cameos and um so yeah it's a lot of really cool people that are interested in it and it's one of those things I know is going to happen. It's just like, you know when a project is going to take a long time. This one is just kind of like, oh, shit, this is going really fast. So uh, it's, uh, we'll see. Right on. But, uh, right now, it's, it, it seems to be happening. Uh, so hopefully, if everything goes okay, but next year, uh, it should be the most complicated thing I've ever done it's because it, it has all the, all the filmmaking tricks are going to be used. I mean, it, it, everything is involved. So it's... Uh, it's a bit, in that case, maybe that's why I'm so attracted to it, too, because you use every trick in the book on this one. So um, let's see. Let's see how everything goes. Man, well, I'll definitely have to have you back on when that comes out because uh, yeah, I'll have to watch that, then talk to you about it because it sounds like it's yeah. going to be a fun movie. So Yeah, and we've seen each other, and I've seen you, uh, you know, you'll see me in, in Facebook. So it's like uh, you'll see also by the time that I have, I've seen you a link when it, it's, the website is oh, up. Awesome. But uh, and you'll see a lot of, at that point, yeah, at that point you'll see a lot of Brides of Jesus this because that's one of the things we're going to do. We want to. We're gonna we're gonna do a promotional situation like a, we're gonna build the social media behind it because the band in the movie we're gonna you know they have they has a lot of followers they have a lot okay. of followers a lot of, like a like an underground following so we're gonna create that in real life we're gonna have like re- releases we're gonna we're gonna create the price of Jesus outside of the movie oh, nice. in real life nice leading to the film so it's this should be this should be plenty of stuff uh, but check it out hopefully coming to you next year. Uh, 
towards the end of next season. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Sounds good, man. What is a highlight or two that you care to share? I this this uh, there's been a lot of highlights. I mean, uh, it. I mean, throughout. I mean, I've been. I started in '91, dude. So it's like, it's been a. Uh, uh, there's been so many things. I mean, for me, it was like on the film side of things. It was to, to be able to shoot with the great filmmakers. I mean, with Tony Scott, people like that, like uh, Roger Corman, and, and, and seeing a lot of my heroes. Uh, and, and so, if that to me, to me, that I know it sounds kind of sound cheesy, man, but it's like the fact that I've been all over the globe in the strangest, most remote locations. You know, because the battle, right? Filmmaking is a battle, and just shooting is just or creating images. That's the highlight. It's just the, the, the only drawback is like it's like crack. I mean, it's like you <laughs> want to do it again and again and again. And when you don't do it, you go through a lot of lows, yeah, and depression and things like that. We are like that, and people like us are like that. So the highlight, and also in music too, I've been to through film. I've been to meet people that I just completely like, wow, like Roger Daltrey, Brian May. I actually got to work on a Velvet Revolver music video. Oh, that really? was kind of cool too. Yeah, so it, it's just, there was a, there's so many highlights. I mean, I think I would say like the biggest, not the biggest, I mean, one of the biggest thrills is actually not the least expensive and smallest of them all. I've been in $5 million music videos, like $10 million commercials. I mean, stuff, insanity like that. Yeah. But it was this little $5,000 film. I made a bet with a producer, an Italian producer, uh, when we were drunk, that <laughs> I could make a film for $5,000. It just came up. And it's like, okay, okay, I'll give you the money. It's like, and then I, when I was sober, I realized, oh, shit, I'm going to have to do this. And that led to my first directing job, which I made a film called Delivery about this pizza delivery guy. It's just, it was just like this ridiculous thing. It's like a, it's like a slasher movie and it actually did well. And the thing about it is like a delivery. You can locate that in people like places like that, okay. but it's like, but it's like, it's, it's, I know it was cheap, but I made it even cheaper looking because I wanted to do these films I grew up with, these little cheesy looking slasher films. That, and the actor who played the big, the lead, you know, I gave copies to everybody. He, without me knowing, gave a copy of the film through a, a company that I think was Polychrome Pictures that I distributed for Warner Brothers. Oh, cool. And uh, so suddenly I get a call from Warner's saying that they want the film. And I'm going like, what? You want this thing? <laughs> so to me, the thrill was like to make a film on my own after shooting at that point for 15 years uh, to actually finally direct, in, which coincided with the first few cameras that came out, the 24P cameras that came out. So it was a possibility. And... I, all I, I was, the film ended up actually costing more like but $4,300, like $4,300. Like it, it was a labor of love and I had so much fun. Uh, nobody got paid. And, uh, but the thing about it is like when you see the film, what I love the most is like I know that the Warner Brothers logo, the new one, the digital one, it, it yeah. costed like, cost like about $150,000, right? The logo so itself. I, the logo. So, I mean, when they designed it, when Warner Brothers put that, they, that's when they were rolling out the new Warner Brothers logo, the new yeah. version of it. So that was about $150,000 to $200,000. So I always love in this film that it begins with the logo of the company, which is about $200,000. And then what proceed, what follows is like, it's a $4,300 film, you know, <laughs> which is just great. No, but it did well. And back in that time, it sold like about two, 300,000 DVDs. And this is like, people say, oh my God, that's like a lot. And I'm going like, 
Yeah, because people, you have to understand this is before streaming. People were just buying a lots of DVDs. Yeah. And and I got zero dollars. This is how distribution companies was. It was on 250,000, uh, uh copies of this thing. I never got any money. That's, that's how the middleman is. But I didn't care. So to me, that was kind of like interesting. It doesn't matter how big the, I've done some high profile commercials with like Revlon and the Apple and all these big stuff. And I shot for big bands, you know, like, you know, and uh, I mean, I work with some really great people. But this little film, this little thing, this little baby film that I nurtured and I put it out there and I was like preoccupied if it would get like good reviews or bad reviews, you know. And of course, it's horror films. So it's going to get tons of bad reviews. So, it's like, <laughs> so, so I'm like, oh, my God, they don't like my baby. That kind of stuff. So I was just kind of like, it was looking back, it's like, because it's like we're all here just shooting something. There's no risk, really. Let's just go out and shoot. And when, oh, we can't, we got to create rain. Okay, great. So let's bring a pipe and poke some holes on it. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. making it, it I, I love the, the experience. Um, unfortunately, you know, you, you grow after that and you're trying to make better things and then it's more money and it, and it becomes less fun. I mean, I honestly, I, I, don't get me wrong. I want to have plenty of money to make my movie, but <laughs> just more money, more problems, you know? And, uh, but I do yeah. like that innocent think of delivery so it's a it's a drinking game by the way in the east coast now and a lot of colleges they play oh, yeah? the movie because the 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 gentleman in, in quite the pizza delivery guy great guy uh great actor he's a big guy so he gets insulted throughout the film and that's the whole thing he gets insulted all the time life's unfair and at the end he loses his shit and starts killing everybody that did him wrong so it's like uh so it's kind of like it, it every time he gets insulted people drink you get to take a shot Influence in a lot of the in, in all, all along the east coast, so it defended well. And, and it's like, uh, that was a highlight because it, it's like because it was so small and it gave me a lot of happiness. Like, yeah, this is me, this is just me, not you, and it's me. And, and the fact that you like it's it's crazy thing when you put something when you put yourself out there. And that was the first time that I did that. Nice. See, I'm, all, I'm all cocky, like, oh, I'm hot, shit. I'm, I'm I can do this, and but it's like, and I had a big ego, which thank God has been resolved but it's like uh but that was the first time in which you put something out there which i've never done and then you are facing criticism and actually thank god most people like the film but it's like it was really interesting to see that situation i never plus it's the first time i actually wrote dialogue not the greatest oh, yeah. dialogue in this movie but it's like dialogue and, and to see actors recite it it's like oh whoa I mean, because you, you can write something, but when you give it to somebody else for the first time and he's just interpreting it and acting it out, I was like, oh, I never experienced that ever. So because it was a, so it was a, when it was a, it was a first time. So for me to, I've been lighting and shooting for top people for a long time, but I had never been, this is my stuff. So it's kind of like, uh, it doesn't really represent what I do. I, my imagery is usually a lot better than this, but uh, <laughs> but it's like uh, just experience was kind of like wow, you know, uh, that's really interesting. I thought that was interesting. So just like the first time you release an album, it's like your first time. Yes, those are the highlights. Right there. Definitely, definitely, and and it all came from a drunken bet. And yeah, uh, yeah, he said it, so. if I make the film for five thousand dollars, if I make this film, I will send you to Rome, and you're gonna have some pasta carbonara with me. Oh, nice. Uh, which is great. Oh, my God. And it's like, and I'm like, really? So, great. Okay, so I did it. And he did it, flew me to Rome. 
and my dad had family there, but it's like, and, uh, and I had a pasta carbonara with him and, and that was cool. What he didn't expect is that the film will get distribution. He yeah. thought it was just, it was a bet. It's like, here's a DVD. Here's a DVD copy that I made on my computer. Here it is. And, but done. And by the time I got to Rome and I told him, Warner Brothers, I picked it up. And I was just all like, us, this is terrible. And they made a beautiful, they made a, a really cool poster out of it. I'm like, the poster was like, they spent so much money. Uh, not not too much money, but they spent some money. And I only spent about four grand in this thing. Yeah, compared to what you spent on it. <laughs> it looks, it looks it's super cheesy. Super cheesy. I use this little, uh, the old uh, Canon 24P cameras. I mean, it, it was so bad and grainy. Uh, so it's a right but on. hey you know we had i mean it, i like that i like i like uh i like that I, it's kind of funny that i would highlight that over working with tony scott or working with big big people and uh but this one just kind of had a touch of my heart i guess you know so nice sometimes it's the little things man but i got yeah. two more questions for you before i yeah, uh, get out of here when somebody watches a film of yours yeah. or uh, experiences uh, your music. Is there something that you want them to take away and remember from uh, from your work? Well, you know, obviously the the ideals, the goals, whether it's a commercial, you know, whether it's a, a movie. Gets, my work can just be seen, you know. Uh, I mean, there's so many areas. I mean, you don't even notice if you watch a farmer's commercial, which I've shot for those. You watch a progressive commercial. I mean, obviously, in commercials okay. is different because commercials you have to obey by what the agency mm-hmm. wants this is the look so you in that case I you adapt uh but when you watch anything i do i just hope that it, it doesn't that it, it conveys the message you know the right way that it looks professional that it looks you know well that you can't even if you don't like the project you can't deny the craftsmanship uh with the exception of that slasher film I told you about, because that was like that was done bare bones. I mean, I, that, that, there's, there's no craftsmanship there. <laughs> we but, won't uh, we won't judge on that one. We won't but, uh, judge on that one. But it's like the idea is just to make sure this thing looks like if it's a movie, it looks like a movie. It, like, it, it's, it looks it doesn't look cheap at all. There's no shots that bring attention to themselves because something that happens a lot now. Like the, the, all these shots, like oh, got a shot. It's like no, dude. The idea is when you're noticing that my shot is cool, I failed my my job. It needs to be telling the story. That's that's it. I can't, if it turns into like, oh my God, it's a really cool, like dolly shot. It's like, then at that point, you're not paying attention to the story, you okay. know? And so it's like, that's my attitude about it. And some of the big, great God DPs think the same way. So now, are my, you talking about when like the when you like, have an average person yeah. watching is like, oh, that's a shot like that. Or when a filmmaker yeah, watching, because they're going to have different I think, every, I think everybody, I think everybody do because a lot of times, you know, it's camera shaking this and that. And I'm like, going like, why? I mean, you or 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 maybe the way it's cut is kind of real rational. Or maybe I'm just kind of just doing some camera shot just to whoa, look at my look at the camera shots I need to do. And you'd be surprised, Miss. Less is more. I mean, and yeah. don't bring attention to your shot. Like, what's the Sydney Lumet? The great Sydney Lumet used to say, director Dark Day Afternoon in all these films. Uh, don't assume that. Uh, don't believe that the, the the difficulty achieving that shot, uh, you know, in, in the, don't believe that it, it means it's a good shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it, it's the best films are the ones in which you are so taken by the story. You're so sucked in that you're not paying attention. Like, oh, my God, look at that little steady cam shot that did. No, it just happens. It just happens organically. Yes, the camera needs to go from here to there. 
but you are in the story. You're following the character. You're not thinking yeah. in terms of like, oh, look at this cool shot. And it's a lot of filmmakers who are starting out. I understand when we all started out, we got to try our little tricks, you know, like, oh my God, you're gonna get whatever arsenal or shot you have, you use, right? It's fun at the beginning. Get that out of your yeah. system, you know, get it out of your system. But it's like, uh, you know, if you're paying attention too much, like, oh, I did this Dahlia, this, at that point, I'm not doing my job. I don't want you to notice my cinematography. Yeah, you can say after the film is done, yeah, it looked pretty or whatever, but it's like, I want you to only be, just be sucked in by that story. If if that's if that's fine, it doesn't happen often. But if it happens, then I've done my job. My job right is on. to as a cinematographer is to serve the story, to tell you the story, and, or as a director. So hopefully, uh, you know that's a goal, right? It's it's hard enough to yeah. make a bad movie, so it's like. And- uh, <laughs> In a way, it's kind of like a good uh, cinematographer, a good shot. It's kind of like a good bassist in a band. Yeah. Like, if you notice the bassist, most of the time, yeah. they're they're not doing their job. With a few exceptions, like Claypool oh, yeah. or whatever. But, yeah, yes, whatever. like, yeah. if you notice the bassist, something's wrong. If a good bassist yeah. goes unnoticed. Unless, unless you're like Rush or like Yes or some shit like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah I don't want to hear the, the bass. But the... Uh, yeah, but it's like we live in a time in which everybody's so like fascinated with tools. And, and great, fascinating with tools, but that's not the thing. These are just tools. I mean, when I get hired a lot of time, it's just kind of like, what camera do you have? I mean, what does it matter? You know, yeah. it's just like, it's, 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 if you like the work, if you like the reel, then let's go. And, uh, and so if you have a drone, it's like sometimes a lot of people, it's like, oh, we have a drone, let's do a drone. Do we need a drone? I mean, because we could need a drone. But it's not. Let's not use a drone just because we have a drone. Let's not just <laughs> do enough. a steady cam just because you have a steady cam. Do you need yeah. to move to a third right now? You know that just a mild little slider shot, just a little bit. That's enough. You know, less is more. You know how you get that when you have good influences. But if you watch nothing but showy shit, that is just like then it's all you have. Then it's all you have. So I would say like uh, my job, my hopes with my work is like it's not always time because a lot of times you're not in control. But it's a, uh, is that hopefully the product, I guess at the end of the day, it's like, I hope the product entertains you, whatever, whether it's a commercial, music video, I just hope that you get uh, uh, entertained. And hopefully, I still have some more years, so hopefully it gets to a point in which like, you can spot the similarities. You can see, oh, that's that guy. Because yeah. a lot of people in the industry already know that, but I'm hoping, uh, my goal, obviously, we'll have high goals, right? I hope it's like, usually uh, at some point the work is like, uh, Gate uh, gets more. I mean, you can see the similar. You can see that you can follow the work. Like you can tell that I was shot by him. You know, um, so it's uh, it's 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 interesting because this whole this whole industry is all based on. It's kind of funny. A lot of famous DPs they got there because the projects they shot became successful. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you ride that wave. So it's all you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, maybe one of these projects becomes really really successful and then move on. But it's a but success is a, it, somebody was asking me that. I mean, what's success in this business? And it's like, uh, to me, it's the same thing as Bob Dylan used to say. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's like, it's you can wake up in the, in the morning and, and go to bed at night. And in the middle, you did something you love. You worked something you love. I mean, that's, that's success. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, you have to understand, you have to also have that mindset because in this business, only a small percentage of people are the ones that are making the gazillions yeah. of dollars. And it's fine. And it's fine. That's fine. You can still be a successful gaffer, key grip, script supervisor, 
DP. I just didn't want to miss a party. I wanted to make sure I get hired. So if I can't get hired as a director, I'll be hired as a DP. If I can't hire <laughs> as a DP, I'll be hired as an editor. You know what I'm saying? So the more you learn, in, but I'm truly good at it. The more you learn, it's great. You know, so yeah. it's, it, it saves you. So. All right. Awesome, man. So uh, real quick, before we get to the last question, uh, do yeah. you have it? What's your corner of the Internet? Where can people find you? What's your social media? Um, uh, got I mean, uh, to It's basically on Facebook. I'm used to it. Facebook, you just kind of type my name. I mean, uh, Jose Zambrana Casella. Uh, I have a I have all the in, in my Facebook page and Instagram, too. You just type in Jose Zambrana Casella. There's okay. not many. Of, there's not many of us. You just type those three things. <laughs> you'll find me. And, uh, and even though this is LA and we have about 400,000 Jose's, you won't find one is Jose Zambrana Casella. Okay. So it's, uh, so, and so on Instagram, you'll find me. And, and once you get to the spread, there's usually a little link underneath it. Jose Zambrana Casella, you know, director, camera monkey, whatever. And then below camera it, monkey. there'll be like a, a link to the Wix site. Uh, and you'll have some more information on me. But yeah, you find me on Facebook. You can find me on, on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter too. Uh, and, and so, and, and yeah, it's either Jose, it's Jose on Instagram at Jose Zambrana Casella. It's, uh, on Facebook, obviously it's just Jose Zambrana Casella on Twitter though. is uh, cause I'm ridiculous. I, it's called L L E L camera monkey and L camera monkey <laughs> will be just me, which is my fun, just like rant site. And I just, but over there you can, oh, you, actually you, you okay. can still type Jose Zambrana Casella. You can still type it and you can find it. And I'll be posting a lot of stuff there and. I'm posting all the time, all kinds of rants and stuff like that. So, and I'll send you, and I'll send you, I'll send you also the links for the, the I'm, I'll tell, tell you what, I'll send you the link to like the, my whole thing and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the album and everything else in case you need to post it or anything like that. All right. Perfect, man. I'll include all that in the show notes and stuff so people can find Excellent. that there. All right, Jose, man, I've had a great time talking to you this morning, and I appreciate you coming, sharing all your knowledge, and uh, I'm really looking forward to Brides of Jesus and uh, seeing the Bride Punk Band, the, uh, the Nun Punk Band. That'd it's be fun. pretty damn it's cool. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. So I have one final question yeah. for you. Jose, how do you live uncontained? Man, how do I live uncontained? I... A lot of people ask me, like, uh, especially because you go through a lot of hardships in this business and stuff. I got ups and downs. It's ups and downs all the time. I'm like, you know, I somebody asked me at one point, like, have you ever thought about doing something else? And I'm going like, is there anything else? There is nothing <laughs> else. There's only this. And I knew from the that beginning I, nothing was going to stop me from getting to where I needed to get. I came from a country, that a third world country, and uh, that was once very rich, but then when I left it when it was very, very poor and you would, I was not supposed to be a filmmaker. You're not supposed to think about being a filmmaker or being a musician. I mean, those, those things that no, you, that doesn't exist. I'm like, I said, but the hell with that. I mean, I set up on a course and I knew like, it doesn't matter what happened. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to lead a life in the arts. I'm going to be a filmmaker. I'm going to be behind that camera. I'm going to edit that film. I'm going to make that record. I'm going to do all the things I want to do that I love the most, film and music, music and film, I'm going to do them and do them doing well. There is nothing else. And there are moments in which like you're financially, you're riding high and there's moments in which you literally can't even make the rent. And even then there is nothing else. Yeah. It's only this. And my attitude is the true people, the people that truly survive in this business are the ones in which like 
it basically, it's almost illogical to think about anything else. It's like, there's only this. Nothing else exists but this. You have to breathe it. You have to live it. And uh, to me, it's not even like an effort. It's just like, it's natural. It's like, it, it, that's what yeah. I have to do. So whatever it takes. It's a, this is my business. This business is basically a career that requires sacrifice all the time. No one's going to give it to you. You got to go and build it. You have to literally create it out of nothing. And find people that are crazy enough to give you money to make your dreams a reality. It's just uh, it's an <laughs> insane thing. Just think about how the basis of the business is. It's basically this. I go to an investor and say, hey, I need you to give me some money to make a film. And in return, I don't know if I can give it back to you. That's it. I mean, that's it. I mean, we can create a huge uh, meeting <laughs> and we minimize the risks and do all this stuff and give you nice fancy charts and all that bullshit. No, we don't know. You can make a masterpiece and still lose the money. So it's like you don't know. And that's yeah. the incredible thing about this business, like you don't know. So it's like nobody knows because if people knew if there was a formula, they would be using it to death. It'll be using it all the time. So there is no formula. I love that. It's like living life in a way and continue. Yeah, it's living life on the edge all the time. And it's really, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I've been a freelancer for like now 30 years. I've done well, thank God, but I just don't, don't want to be contained. I don't want to be in a cubicle. I don't want to be trapped. I need, I'm a rolling stone. Yes. I need to fly, man. So it's like, I need to be able to fly. If I'm sitting down, even when I'm editing, if I'm long enough in the, in the edit suite, I'm like already scratching myself. I'm going like, okay, I need, I, need, I need to do something. I need to be on set. And when you don't have it, <laughs> for some reason right now, right now it's like a low production period right now. There's not a whole lot of things going on. You get like down. You get like, oh my God. When and that's a, it's kind of funny because uh, Stephen Colbert, the, the great comedian, says it best. When you're working, yes, you're always working, right? When you're not working, you'll never work again. You know, it's that kind of stuff. We're so dramatic, but it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, and it doesn't matter how frustrating soul-sucking experience can be, it's like you want to do it again because this is part of your life. It's kind of funny. I don't know what safety net is or anything like that. I mean, obviously, I'm responsible. I have family and this and that. And obviously, I always provide. But it's always been a little mental like danger in this particular business. There's no normalcy. A lot of people don't like this, rightfully so. They don't like the this kind of... It, it's a risk every time. I mean, because you don't know when a lot of times, even with fame or even with like uh, some kind of like notoriety and stuff like that and people know you you don't know where your next check is coming from i mean that's that's the thing is i mean i don't know what i'm shooting next month so it's like and it's always been like that but i got so used to it because there's nothing else for me it's like i've always been thank god a bit successful but it's like i just you know you always plan there's important things to plan obviously your kid and this and that your family make sure everybody's okay but in terms of career i mean yeah i can tell you how these movies and stuff i got but uh, I, it's it's always kind of like an element of like I don't know what's gonna happen. So it's it's kind of like a, that's it's a really uh, interesting little world. But uh, I, but I live uncontained. I live uncontained because of that. I live uncontained. I don't want to be contained. There's no way you can contain me. I just I, I would be the most miserable person if I was contained. Uh, you know, I'm like I can't, I can't, I can't do normal. And I I, I sometimes oh, I was another thing. A lot of people in our business do. A lot of artists do whatever. They were kind of sometimes jealous of the people that are normal, that have jobs, regular jobs, and the house, and the 3.5 kids, and the dog, and everything else. And, and it's like, and, but the funny thing is, a lot of them also are envious of us. They would like to be free like us. So it's like a different, interesting thing. Like we, we won't, we both, 
the perfect thing for me, I think I'm achieving it, which is basically be able to lead, lead a crazy life of like just adventures like this and also have a normal family. I think I'm achieving it and that's great. So, uh, so, so yeah, most definitely I, I am contained. So. All right. Perfect, man. Um, I got one final yeah. thing for you to do. Uh, thanks again for joining me today, but Jose, will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? Yes. Here's an up. So my name is Jose Zambrana Casella and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Jose for uh, coming on the show and sharing his story and all that great advice with us. And also, thank everybody who has uh, been sending congratulations on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter about uh, about the wedding that happened last week. So once again, that's why the show was not on last week because I was off getting married and uh, well I'm back though so I got more uncontained coming your way we'll be keeping it flowing and uh, yeah we'll be getting back to normal here so make sure if you haven't you are subscribed to uncontained on your favorite podcast player and uh, yeah subscribe like share it with friends and all that good stuff and uh, make sure you check out Jose's links in the show notes so uh, you can follow up on when Brides of Jesus is coming out and uh, I'll definitely have to have him back on when that is out for people to see so thank you for listening and until next time live uncontained.